Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I'm here with my co-host, all the way from Tucson, PK. How are you tonight? I'm fabulous. I'm looking out at the sunset. looks very, very nice. It's just about dark, but it just has enough red in the sky to make you feel good. Ah, sounds gorgeous. Desert sunsets. You can't beat them. That's right. Mm. For sure. Well, well, we have such a terrific guest that you and I both love. George Lugo is going to be joining us tonight. He is, in our opinion, the very best psychic medium in the world. He is absolutely amazing. And we both can say, honestly, that if anybody ever calls us and wants a recommendation, we always recommend George Lugo. He is the best of the best, and we are so lucky to have him here with us tonight. So after all of our announcements and our paranormal news and our numerology segment with UPK, we will bring George on. Now, if you want to ask George a question, he's not doing live readings. I want to be very clear about that. But you can call the number 563-999-3539. Again, that's 563-999-3539. So, PK, tell us what's going on with the numbers this week. It's another crazy week. Well, one of the things I want people to remember that this is a month of major changes. Good to bad, bad to good. It's been going on all month long. But today, everybody's been struggling so much to try to get everything done for the holidays. The digestive has created a problem for quite a few people. They're getting bugged a lot more than they had anticipated. But The thing is, just drink a lot of water, eat a little more uh, comfortably, shall we say, stay away from all the junk foods and cookies and such. That'll help a lot. But looking for things to be perfect today has been part of what's happened. And you get yourself a knot in your tummy because you're trying to make it all perfect. It's not going to be perfect. So just allow it to be the best that it can be. And just for a little tidbit about tomorrow, Pull out those ideas you've been thinking about and start that list and give people an idea of things that you need to share with them. Rethink your ideas. You'll make them perfect if you just review them. And you'll be a happy camper. You may get things earlier for Christmas than you thought. Wouldn't that be nice? I love presents Mm -hmm. ahead of time. That's wonderful. That's so nice. Yeah, why not have presents before, during, and after? Well, it may be in our dreams, and I was going to ask you about the dream situation. We haven't talked about that for a bit. 
Well, you know, we've had some wonderful guests on recently talking (laughs) about dreams. Our guest last week was excellent, Dr. Byram, and he was amazing. And if you didn't catch that show, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to it. It is a terrific show. He had a lot to say. And we had a little disagreement on the air that is worth listening to, wouldn't you say, CK? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yes, yes, yes definitely <laughs> worth listening to. And anyways, but with dreams, certainly um, this one of my big passions is helping people to understand their dreams, start dream groups in their own area, always available to help people personally and with group situations. And, of course, the soul realignment work, which is so powerful. Yes. I love doing that work. I know you're very familiar with it. And it's great. It's another tool in my toolbox. You know, as a former therapist for over 20 years and a dream analyst, I'm adding soul realignment to the mix. And it's a very welcome tool. It's it's just great. People are totally enjoying the readings that they're getting. And they're able to move forward in an entirely different way. So it's oh, been it's fun, and I welcome all of the audience. If you're interested, just send me an email. I'll be happy to set up mm-hmm. a session for you. Right now, it's a bargain price. It will be going up after the first of the year. So you can book your session now if you'd like for January, and I will honor the price that is listed on the website right now. But after January 1, it will go up. So this is your chance to get a bargain. Oh. I'll tell them PK. don't miss it because it's well worth it. Thank you. It really is. I mean, both of us have had our readings done with that, and it's been very, very helpful. That's what got me interested in the whole mm-hmm. soul realignment training. And if you do want to do the training yourself, there is a, a logo on our website, supernaturalgirls.com, and you can click on it. It will bring you right to all the information about how to sign up for your own certification training. It's quite intense. There's a lot to it, but it's really, really great. So in case you want to become a soul realignment practitioner, that's on our website as well. So be sure to visit it. And if you want your numbers done by world-renowned expert, Patricia Kirkman, you can go to patriciakirkman.com, and you can also find PK on our website, Supernatural Girls. And you can contact PK and have her set up a time to do a reading for you, or you can sign up for one of PK's classes. So lots of offers at this time of year and always, because we love our audience. We want all of you to have the best possible life. So we have had... Yet again, PK, and this mm-hmm. you predicted more and more UFO sightings. It's That's just right. everywhere. Where? My God. And it's pretty exciting. So they're not gonna be able to keep it under wraps much longer if it keeps up like this, right? They're gonna look like idiots if they keep saying, I don't think they're there. <laughs> I know. God. Now they do there was a great living room. <laughs> I know, really. Uh, there, there was a great video posted by Secure Team with a uh, with footage from a private jet pilot uh, that he took this footage right out of his own window in his jet, and there's no mistaking that this craft is not one of ours; it is one of theirs. I posted it on our Facebook page, so go take a look. Mm-hmm. 
It is incredible, and and the Secure Team will be coming out with more videos from this pilot shortly. And we also have great stories, as always, from the paranormal, because there's always something happening in the paranormal, especially around us, right? Oh, definitely. So, don't on a message to be the same ever. <laughs> I know. It just follows us around. Well, anyways, there is a great story on the website that, um, on, excuse me, on Facebook page that we posted. Mm-hmm. And it's the cases of ghosts that got justice from beyond the grave. Now, I love this yeah. kind of stuff. When, don't you? When, when somebody's murdered it's and their so ghost incredible. is incredible. It's so stuff. fascinating, Patricia. I kept thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And it wasn't just one of them, but we've got three or four of them that have been able to come back and take care of those that created the problem. Love it. Oh, yes. They all ended up either going to jail or in the old days, what happened was they got hung. So it was, or hanged, <laughs> I guess sure. is the right word. But anyways, there are some tremendous stories. I know the first one that is listed there that took place in Chicago, Illinois, which was the murder of a nurse. That was mm-hmm. turned into a television movie. So be sure you go and read the story. It's got some fascinating, fascinating information. And as you mentioned, PK, there's three others along with it where the ghost got justice. So that that's just very unfortunate. This happened to these people, and they were murdered mm-hmm. so terribly. But they were able to come back and say, hey, guess what? I was murdered, and this is who did it. So good for them. And you guys can go to our Facebook page. Please give us a like and a follow. Read those stories there. Watch the videos. And follow us on Twitter. We have stuff coming out on Twitter that we'll be sending, so don't miss it. Make sure you join us there as well. So, oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know. There aren't enough superlatives to use when we're talking about our guest, George Lugo. I mean, you introduced me to George a few years back, and I'm so grateful because George is a very, very special person. He's a special friend to you, PK, and to me, and he is the best of the best in psychic mediumship. So we are lucky enough to have him with us tonight. We're going to hear about everything, that all of his adventures from the other side and also other dimensions. So, George, mm-hmm. welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, it's great to have you. Thank you for coming on. This is our last show of the year. We're going out with a bang with you, George. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we've had quite a, a week, you and I. You know, we've gotten together and uh, done some oh uh, searching. Yeah, and we take those photographs of our screens and things pop up and manifest. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely amazing. We're looking into other dimensions it, it or is. they're looking at us, you know. And, I think both, uh, so, yes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, and I analyze. You? Yeah, I analyze these. Uh, you know, I blow them up, and I try to figure out any other way that could that have happened. You know, a reflection from a window mm-hmm. or anything like that. But we're in isolated areas with no light, and, and uh, wow, I mean, there are some definite souls in there, or or aliens, or whatever you want to call them. They're definitely there. Like that hand oh, that no. reached up to touch your hand. That, oh my goodness! Yes. Yeah, you had your hand out and your fingers were open. All of a sudden, I saw this other hand reach up to like grab it, but right before it touched it, it backed out really quick. And I'm never going to forget that because that was definitely something from the other side. That was definitely something that was in the room with you. And I kept feeling this movement 
to your left side in the dark. There was something there moving around, and I was just kind of kept watching that dark area. And then all of a sudden you put your hand out, and that hand reached up to, like, touch it, but it didn't quite make it there, and then it backed out really fast as if it knew we were watching it. So... Yeah, it was that incredible was that you and you captured it with your camera, which was a great, yeah, great thing you camera. did. Yeah, you did a great mm-hmm. job with that. And again, what a lot of people don't understand about psychic mediumship is most psychic mediums that I know, anyways, and I think PK, you would agree with this as well. They work very linearly, so it's from this dimension mm-hmm. to the other side of the veil, and then they're back again. But what's so right. unique about you, George, is that you work with many more levels than that you do people that have passed absolutely and you're extremely accurate with that but you also are able to reach into the other dimensions and you see what i see and you're able to capture it with photos and we've done some terrific work together but that is the true the true multi-dimensional world that you are walking in and it's very yeah. unusual and very powerful. Yeah, and I kind of think it is too. Very few to do. It. Yeah, so, you oh. know, and I just um, I've always been in that world. It seems from birth till now, and it seems like you know I've had other careers and things, and I've done certain things, but it always kind of keeps me to myself. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like I can't get a regular job. <laughs> I've always been, you know, I was a musician for all most of my life, uh, uh, but I can't do a nine to five job. It won't let me do it. You know, it just keeps me in this state of mind, I guess, uh, or existence to follow through with these things, these dimensional things. So one of them well, where I can help people is reach their loved ones. That's just mm-hmm. one of the things. Well, so, you've done such a fabulous job for so many years doing that. The, the thought of you going into anything else would be just unheard of. Yeah. I mean, boy, it's been crazy that way. Um, uh, you know that thing you guys said a moment ago about um, – uh, spirits getting even or, you know, coming back mm-hmm. and taking care of business. Yes, yes. That, uh-huh. that, that's what souls have always told me. They always tell me nobody gets away with anything. So say something was done wrong to you by someone and they kind of just, you know, it seemed like they got away with it scot-free and they've moved on and you're, you're, you're standing there just, you know, fuming about it several years later and they're just moved on. But they always get it. They always get it in the end. They've got to pay for it on some level. And usually when you've been done wrong, souls know that, and they try to correct it. They're not allowed to really fool around with your journey, but they are allowed to nudge. And since we're all spirits having a human experience right now, they're able to, you know, we're all privy to some of those things. So they try to nudge us into a new direction or make up the difference of what happened to you. Um, souls are really loving. They're really, really loving. There's some mean ones out there too and and different types of souls. Some of them are not even human. You know, they weren't human. Um, you would call them demons or, you know, just whatever you want to call them. But there are some dark powers out there too. And um, you got to be careful of those, you know. So yeah. anyway... Um, now, you mentioned something you, about, let me just ask you this question, because you, you're very familiar with the demonic energy. And you said when people hear a certain kind of knocking, that's a sign. Tell us more about that, because you're you're very well versed in this kind of thing. So give our audience yeah. an idea of what to look for. Okay. Well, you know, I would go on some of these ghost hunts with people, 
And they have to be, you know, fairly reputable. I don't want to do some fly-by-night, it's a party thing, you know. I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> and to all you listeners out there, if you ever go on a ghost hunt, before you go into the dwelling of whatever you're going to investigate, you always say, I'm, I came here alone, I'm leaving alone. Because they're very nah, aware of you being at their door. And when you walk in there, you know, they know that you know that uh, you're looking for them. So sometimes they can do things, and sometimes there are very demonic forces in there. And you'll feel it. Sometimes you'll feel a cold spot, or they'll just, you know, wrap the top, throw something at you, or you'll hear voices in the air. But for demonic-type stuff, sometimes some of these dwellings, they just live in. So let's say you, you leave there, you go home after an investigation, and all of a sudden you hear like three knocking sounds or three booms in the air, and sometimes they seem like they're just in the air, not even against the walls, just boom, 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 like that. It's always three. It's it's the mocking of the Trinity, and that whatever that demon is or that spirit is, it's trying to manifest. But when you hear three knockings or three booms, that's usually pretty demonic. They're trying to... You know they're trying they're trying to live and they're trying to come into this dimension. And if you have problems, if you're not real stable, say you're very depressed about something or any of that, that's an opportunity opportunity for them to hook into you. And they can't. It's very rare that there's a full possession, but they can get into you enough to irritate you because you can be in the greatest mood, and then somebody walks up to you, you turn around, you bite their head off. You know it's just it changes that quickly. So you try Gosh. to stay strong, try to keep yourself, you know, clear and clean, um, you know, and whatever your belief system is, you know, find the best of, the, the best in it to keep you strong, you know. So that's just one thing about demonic stuff. And let's say if somebody stuff. hears that, if, if somebody hears those three knocks, then what should they do? It's a bad sign. So, can, I mean, it's, yeah, what do you do about that? Yeah. Well, you can leave. <laughs> and if you can't leave, you just uh, if it's your uh, house, if you, yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, this is not really based on religion, but this is one of the things that will work is just say be God or be gone. No matter what culture you're from or what belief system you're in, everybody knows who that is, and so that mm-hmm. usually tells them that there is no room for them in your life. So to to go somewhere else, that will get rid of them too. I usually tell this for children that are scared in their bedrooms at night, and you know they're they're not mm-hmm. afraid of the dark; they're afraid of what's in the dark. So mm-hmm. it's um, yeah. So uh, I'll just tell them to say, "Hey, just say, just yell it out: be gone or be gone." And that usually, boom, you, you'll immediately feel this release around you, and they're out of there. So, I mean, you could be a Buddhist, you could be anybody, but everybody seems to know who God is. So that's you know, it's not really religious based. It's just a you know, the supreme being. So uh that's one way to handle it. Or you can um ask them what they want. You know, you can just say, Okay, you're here, what do you want? You know, and you better be really stable and strong for that. Because they can start doing things, they can move things around. I mean, boy, you name it, they can do it. Um, but I would work on getting out of there. Um, for instance, I went on a um I went on this one uh, ghost investigation of this house, and I went with these people that are pretty well versed in it. And um, they set up an obelisk. An obelisk is a uh, it's it's got a uh, a bank of words in it, about three thousand words in it or so. 
and they just set it on the table and turn it on, and then it'll ghosts can talk through it, spirits can talk through it. And I went on this one, and I'm sitting there, and they put the obelisk kind of like next to me, and then all of a sudden you hear this, um, what were they, I think it was Frank. Is it Frank? And he go, no, Frank's not here. And I don't know these people. I'm just listening. So they go, Frank. It says Frank again. And Frank's not here. And so finally I asked, I said, who's Frank? And he said, oh, Frank used to be <laughs> one of our investigators. <clears throat> he doesn't come here anymore. I said, what happened to him? Well, he he came to this investigation in this house, and he wasn't really prepared for it. He didn't set himself up and pray and all that or whatever they do to get themselves worked up, but he didn't do it that night. And he left, and he drove home about an hour away. He drove home, went into his bedroom, sat on the side of his bed, taken off his boots, and all of a sudden his girlfriend, who was asleep, comes flying over the top of him and slammed on the floor. And uh, whatever this is, has got a hold of her, and it's biting her and scratching her, and she's screaming, and he's grabbing at nothing, trying to stop it all. And then finally it did stop, and she had bite marks. You can see the teeth marks in her ankles and her oh. thighs and uh, oh, all no, over no, her no. back and deep scratches. And so whatever was there went home with him. So that's why I always say, you you know, I came here alone, I'm leaving alone, you know, and, and protect yourself. So because uh, yes. that kind of stuff can happen. So that's what happened to Frank. He just didn't prepare well enough, and he mm-hmm. ended up, uh, so, and oh, and he quit. He quit all the ghost hunting. He quit all the investigating after that. He just, I, that was just too close. That was just too real, and it scared him, and it scared his girlfriend really bad. So, oh, nice. Um, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I'm living out yeah, here in the is. south, and the south is uh, pretty haunted, man. It's about everywhere I go. Um, a friend of mine, she was running a, um, a small little uh, ghost walk through the old part of town. You know, you stay on the sidewalk, and, and she tells you the stories about these certain buildings and what happened there. And there was this one little small, probably like a three-bedroom uh, three uh, Victorian house, sitting right behind this old, old church, about a 150-year-old church. And that's where, in that little house, they kept all the coffins, and they kept some of the bodies there when they were going to put them in the church so they could have their service. But they would store them in this house. And um, I just got my phone and just took a picture of the, uh, the front of the building. And in the door, there are two glass panels, and in one of the glass panels, you see this man staring back at you. And I, let me tell you, this is about mm, 12.30 at night, you know, after midnight. And uh, I took this photograph, and there's a guy standing there with blonde hair, and he's got his hair parted to the side, uh, left to right. He's got this big, thick mustache, an old, tiny collar. His clothes were from, like, the 1800s. And uh, he's standing there just staring at me. And, uh, I mean, plain as day. And it's on my phone, and you can show it to everybody. And they're just going, holy cow. And he's at the bottom of the glass panel. They're long glass panels. But he's kind of like maybe like sticking out of the floor, it seemed, and looking right out the window at me. And so mm. you can you can catch them. They're out there. They're all over the place. You know, they're everywhere. <laughs> you know, so. They uh, sure are. Yeah. You know, the yeah, one thing that I noticed. Go ahead. They love to talk to you. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they yeah, I guess I they know out. that you're an open channel, so they come and and That's have right. discussions. Yeah, and you wanted me to uh, tell you about one of my readings. Um, I had a this man that came to me. I didn't know, you know I didn't know his background. I only knew his first name, and uh, he came to visit me. And he's sitting there, and you know, I was you know, good-looking guy, just sitting there, in a nice leather jacket, and all this. And he's sitting on my chair there, and I start reading for him, and I'm and I'm saying, I keep seeing this girl. She looks like she's about seven years old, seven eight years old, and she's wearing a simple, you know, like a J.C. Penney dress, you know, that's down about mid calf and little puffy sleeves and real cute little dress. And she's got kind of her hair looks kind of scraggly and it's dark brown and she's kind of uh, olive colored or dark brown uh, skin and she's standing there and she's telling this guy that she forgives him and uh, but it wasn't like in words it was like in her language but the the feeling of forgiveness like I forgive you and so mm-hmm. he knew immediately what this was so he started. Uh, kind of like falling apart in front of me. And I'm kind of going, are you okay? And I said, also, I, I hear gunfire. And um, and he says, oh, my God. So he started crying. And uh, I mean, he just literally just crumbled. And he fell on my floor. He got down on his knees and had his face on the floor. This is a really proud guy, you know. And he was a soldier in Afghanistan. And he was told mm. to take out this town. And that's what they were doing. They were kicking the doors in and going in and just blasting away everybody. And uh, he kicked this door open and just shot right away and hit this girl right in the chest. And uh, he was telling me that the guys have, um, they keep souvenirs sometimes from the bodies that they take out. Anyway, this little girl had these beads around her neck. And he reached down and he grabbed the beads off of her. And killed her pretty much instantly. Just shot her right to the chest. And she was only seven. Oh my God! And mm. um, and mm. she told him that she forgave him. And this guy, I mean, uh, uh, it was a couple of years ago when this happened, and he was just on the floor. He left a little puddle of tears on my floor, and uh, you know he got up and I gave him some Kleenex to wipe his eyes and. And he was just so shook up, but he felt really good that she was able to do that. But he felt so bad because he took out the whole family. You know, all the all of our guys did. You know, they just went in blasting. So um, that's what they were ordered to do. And um, he just felt so bad about that. You know. Well, it's anyway. so amazing that you picked up on it right away. You didn't know anything about him, and you immediately <laughs> saw this traumatic event in his life that killed this girl, and yet she was able to extend her heart and say, I forgive you. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's Those are the kind of things that happen, you know, and uh, just uh, you know, in, in, a, in a crazy way, I felt like there was some kind of relief for her by saying that to him. Like now she can rest, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah. she still feels like the attachment to him. And uh, I didn't even know he was a soldier. I didn't know anything about this guy. And then all this stuff just came out. Right. But, but oh, um, God. that's typical. That's typical in readings, you know, that uh, there's uh, things that will come out that nobody knows. And so your deep and starkest secrets, you know, will come out, mm-hmm. um, especially if you've done something wrong <laughs> to somebody they usually <laughs> We'll let you know about it. But there's always forgiveness involved. There's always forgiveness involved. And, you know, because a lot of people that have done things wrong on this earth, on this plane here, the physical plane, at the time, they thought what they, what they were doing was the right thing to do. 
you know, whether it was to get out of something or to pay back or whatever, you know, so choose your battles wisely, you know, so, um, yeah, anyway, just lots and lots That's an of amazing like story. That. I mean, it's, yeah, it is, it's so moving. Gosh, so they each got a gift out of this, thanks to you, George. And there's, yeah. there's a lot to be said, too, about um, solving crimes this way, as we talked about mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show. Now, can you tell us about your experience with Scotland Yard? Yeah, uh, I was visiting Florida for the very first time, and I was down in Orlando, and uh, I get this phone call. And this guy with a heavy accent telling me he's Sergeant something, something from Scotland Yard. Could we help? Could I help them with this case? And I said, sure. You know, I mean, I'll, at first I thought it was my friends goofing around, right? And I was joking with them. <laughs> I, and and he wasn't laughing back. So so he just Uh-oh. said, um, um, he goes, no, you know, he goes, this is a real case. And he goes, can you give us some information? I said, okay, uh, are you going to give me a little something? And he says, no. So I just sort of like, I can sometimes I can kind of like hone in on the situation. And I don't know how I do it, but like you just kind of felt what was going on. And I said, this is a little girl. There's a little girl, probably three to five years old, somewhere in there. Um, it is like a shoreline. It's Portugal. And um, she's been kidnapped. And um, I didn't know about this, but I just I just told them that. And I said, she's taken to a building that looks like this. And I described this two-story building not too far away from where she was kidnapped. And um, there was a unfinished mural on the front of the building. And um, um, she was taken there and taken upstairs and changed her clothes and turned her into like a boy, like changed her hair color and all that, and put her in some other clothes. And then and then that was it. Then I just got nothing after that. So he just says, call you back in three days. Thank you, Cook, and that was it. So I thought, well, that was the end of that. Three days later, I get another call. It's them, and they said they found it. They found the place that she was, you know, that place I described. So they said, what do you have this time? And I said, well, let me think. And so I'm feeling this out. This time I see um, an airplane, and um, I read the numbers on the tailpiece, and I said it's a small craft, and it seems like uh, it, something happened where they took her there, and the pilot and his wife, there was the two of them, chickened out of the out of the deal. And so the people that have this little girl took off with her somewhere else. I think they were gonna sell her into slavery or something. But she was very <laughs> young. You know, probably a Smith movie or something, but but she was very, very young. So they said, Is that it? And I said, Yeah, that's it and uh so I'll call you back in three days. So they found the plane, they questioned these people and they were scared to death, and they said these people came to them with a little girl, and, you know, and they knew something was up, but they were going to get paid to fly her out of the country. And um, so uh, they left. So they called me the third time, and he just says, you know, what, um, uh, what do you get this time? So it was like, it was if, it seemed like I was on a rail or, or a skateboard or something. I'm going down the middle of this street, in kind of a housing area, and it's in Europe someplace, and I'm seeing these buildings, and all of a sudden I come to a clearing. There's a lot between these two um, buildings, and there's a bunch of garbage in it, and there was a hill in the back of it kind of going up to a street, and there was a big round pipe that was sticking out at the base of this hill. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was a 50-gallon drum that was turned over or, or if there was a pipe coming out of the side of the hill there. 
but it was packed mm-hmm. full of trash, and there was trash all over the place. But I focused in on a black bag that was stuffed in that pipe, and uh, and I just kept you know kept rolling and I kept going, 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 and then I hit black. When I hit black, that usually means that's the end of the line. You know, I'm not going to get any more. So wow. I told him what I had seen, and I said, well, if you find that black bag, you'll find her. It's either her clothes or it's her. And, um, and she stuffed in a, in a uh, pipe or, or a 50-gallon drum. And they asked me if I would fly out, you know, big paper, everything, if I flew out there and joined the investigation. But uh, I got nothing after that. So they said, okay, well, thank you very much. And so... Uh, they never did find her. And to this day, I don't oh, know boy. what happened. And it was that little girl. You know, I, later on I read about it, and it was about that little Oh, wait, when, the reason why I didn't know I was legitimate is because I said she's got a little crescent moon on her eye. It's in the scolera. There's a little crescent moon. And she was born with a little birth defect of a crescent moon on her eye. And um, when I saw it right from the beginning. So that's mm-hmm. how I knew I was on, on track. But sometimes exactly. when I'm doing readings, these abstract things come out, and I have to say them. It may sound really strange or like that, and that's kind of unusual. But I have to say them because they're showing me this stuff, and I may not get it, but the person I'm talking to may. Right. So that's really that important that I just kind of, yeah, give it to them raw, you know, just tell them what I see. So I don't know whatever happened to that little girl, and I forget her name. I'm sorry, but um, Madeline McCann. That's it was it. Madeline McCann. Did yeah. they ever find her? It was a break. You know? No, no, they never did. Uh-uh. They never found her. Oh <laughs> man, so that's uh, that's that's sad. Well, anyway, that's my little brush with those guys. Um, you know, so just a tons <laughs> of stuff. You know that. Uh, yeah, um, yeah you've worked you know, on a lot of cases. You've been able to actually point people in the direction of where the person is or where the body is, and you've been very successful with that. Yep. I have been, and um, I don't choose to do it, and only because it's just too hard. It's I have to kind of go through what they went through and to see it. You know what I mean? To feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, especially with children, man. You know, my heart just goes out to kids, so I just uh, have a hard time with that one, with with children. So I just skip it all together. I just don't do it. Every you once in a while, yeah. I kind of want to, huh? I was going to say, we've I'm talked sorry? about some things before. When you've been out and around people, as you're passing them in, in, in a uh, vicinity of other people, right. how it affects you because of what you pick up from them. Even though you don't know them, you may not be talking with them, but what you get as you're going through aisles or standing in line or something, uh, tell us how that affects you because I, I thought that was very unique when we talked about that. Yeah, I can pick up, you know, I mean, I'm not looking for it. I try to shut this down when I'm in public. You know, if I were to go to the fair or somewhere like that or a crowded mm-hmm. event or something like that or a rock concert, you know, I something pushes me, you know, and uh, um, if, as I brush against other people's auras um, mm-hmm. or brush against their energy, their energy touches mine, and sometimes I get a stinging sensation and and then I get a glimpse of what their life might be like, you know, and uh, or to stay away from them because they're dangerous. Or to, mm-hmm. um, um, for instance, I was doing a psychic fair uh, in Florida, and this guy, I was waiting for somebody at my table, and, and in my peripheral vision I just saw some guy walking by. 
And then he walked by again, and I could tell that he was kind of checking out my table, but I was—I never made any eye contact. I didn't really look at him because I was working with someone else. And then when I was done with that, the guy walked by again, and all I saw was this guy kill somebody, and uh, <sighs> more than one person. And uh, and then I said to myself, "Well, please don't come in here. Don't don't come and sit with me. Don't sit with me." Sure enough, here he comes, just down, boom. <laughs> and I just—I just went, "Oh no." I said, listen, I'm seeing, I said, are you okay? And he just seemed like a little on the crazy side, but quiet. And I was just kind of going, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, what do I do here? What do I do? What do I do? Do I make something up and just get rid of the guy or tell him that I can't read for him? Or what do I do? And somebody just said, nope, just go ahead and do it. And so it had to do with his father. Um, He and his dad had a horrible relationship. And that was coming out first. And it was kind of leading up to what he did. So he had taken out three people. They were like hits. And uh, oh. uh, and uh, they were, I think in Chicago is where he did this. And he was paid for it and all this. And, uh, and I brought that up. I said, hey, listen, man, I'm just doing this for you. I mean, I don't want you, you know, I'm not a witness. I can't prove it. So don't come around and try to kill me, okay? So, you know, but I'm just <laughs> telling you that, that these guys, are very aware of you, and, and they live with you. You're kind of stuck with them, and they torture you. And he says, yeah, my life is crap. You know, I, as I, you know, nothing works out for me now. Nothing, no job, no nothing. I have a clean record. You know, he was never caught, and he has a clean record. But these souls are just, they're just scaring him to death. And so mm-hmm. in time, um, I found out that he was homeless now and living on the streets and um, anything that he could find to sleep in, he would. And then he just disappeared. So I don't know what ever happened to him. You know, I guess the souls got him or whatever. But, you know, just a tortured, tortured guy. And uh, these killings, they were from, man, 20 years ago, you know. So, <clears throat> and, um, so that's why I say souls always tell me nobody gets away with anything. Nope, that's, that's true, that's sure. Yeah, what a yeah. great example of that. Great example. Well, it looks like there's yeah. a question from someone. And I want sure, to great. reiterate, George is not doing any private readings over the air tonight, but we will take a general question. So let me get this person on the air. And this is area code 804-798. Hi, you're on the air. Do you have a question for George? Yes, I Agreed with what he just said. Uh, I guess you want to put the label on it, karma. Uh, so I uh, feel that in this time frame between Thanksgiving and Christmas, people really should reflect on who they are and uh, start uh, looking at what they're doing with their life and uh, looking to come into their communities with respect for one another and bring forth solutions that can be a benefit to all because nobody ever wins an argument and uh, that's what people have to understand that by bringing forth solutions the person you may have been arguing with might see a point of view that he didn't really look at in the right way because he's too busy fighting with you and that could result in some wonderful things for the community and mankind you know and that's and that's right you know i always tell people take care of your karma you know, don't do bad things mm-hmm. to people so you don't have to ruin it, but also don't let people do bad things to you. That's the front of your karma. So take care of it on both ends and find the harmony in the middle somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. But but you're right, you know, that's a, 
good way to look at things. Yeah, and I, I just want to say too that it's not about religion, but it's about spirituality. It's about sure. developing a personal heart to God relationship, and then to right. God energy is love. So just put out that love, especially helping those who can't help themselves. That's actually being a a blessing back to yourself. And if you can't do anything mm-hmm. else, you can say a prayer, and God will put the ego in check where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, great religion is man-made. Yeah, you know, re- religion is basically man-made. There's something called the hidden, and the, behind every religion, I don't care what it is, there's someone that knows the secret to that religion, and they'll never tell you. That's why they have control over their flock, and so it's you know. You get wise after a while, and you start learning these things, and and you'll find that it's hidden. So that's that's mm-hmm, how po- mm-hmm. people get powerful, and that's on all levels, not yeah. just religion. I mean, in politics and everything, you know, they got that's something that nobody knows, and and they know how to control it, and they know how to keep it secret, and uh, they you know work on your psyche and get you to follow them. So anyway, fear. That that fear step in. Yeah, the fear factor thing. Reality yeah, put that goes into out the you. window. <clears throat> oh, that's, that's something else. Um, sometimes they get called into, um, um, what do you call it, uh, like hospice. And they'll give me a call and they'll say, hey, you know, Mrs. whatever her name is, you know, has, her religion is out the window now. She was a hardcore Baptist, and and now she is scared to death. Would you please come and talk to her? And so I'll go and I'll read for them. And they're just you know, hours away from dying or a couple of days or whatever, but they, they just want to know what's going to happen to them. And I reassure them that they're going to be fine and to look for their mother or look for the light. You want to go into mm-hmm. the light. You don't want to get stuck here. You want to be one of the few and not one of the many. Because if you miss miss the light, you usually end up roaming the earth, you know, and, and, until you can find a way to get there or somebody can help you get there. But I used to, you know, so I'll go in and I'll just talk to that person and you can see their fear melt away, you know, because it's kind of like the meat and potatoes of what's going to happen to you next, you know, and it's not scary at all. It takes away their fear is what it does. And um, and the next thing I know, the hospice is calling me and said, hey, you know, Miss So-and-so just left, and she passed away, and, 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 you know, and she seemed peaceful and happy. So that's what I do sometimes, you know. So we can yeah, all wonderful. these religions. Yeah, you know, so. It's really simple. Yeah. All this stuff is really so simple. Um, I think I told you I got invited to this seminar or, or some kind of a, it was like a think tank for all these men, 50 of them. And uh, they were, um, everybody got five minutes to tell you uh, what life is all about. And these are all like scholars and philosophers and people like that. And everyone got five minutes to talk about a bunch of peacocks, you know, want to get up and just brag about what they do. So, um one guy stood up and he talked for about 20 minutes, and the guy that was the MC was kept tapping his watch, going, "Only five minutes, man. We're going to be here all night, you know." And so, dude, this one guy stood up and gave this incredibly complicated belief system, and to reach the light, you know, or to reach wherever he's trying to get to. And uh, so we just kept going on, going on. I started nodding out. I was falling asleep, and finally got around to me, and I passed. And but they came back to me later and they said, come on, you can't say something before you leave. you got to say anything. So I stood up and I just said, listen, we're all climbing the same mountain. We're all trying to get to, 
God, heaven, nirvana, whatever you want to call it. And um, you need to um, just be kind to each other on the way up. Help each other, spread the love, you know, and just do that the best you can, and you'll be fine. And that's all you got to do. And uh, I got booed because I was too kindergarten. <laughs> it wasn't complicated. It wasn't. It wasn't complicated enough. And uh, and I got a standing ovation too at the same time. And and uh, the MC said, "Now that's what I wanted to hear. You know, something said in less than ten seconds." <laughs> and I said, yeah. yeah, that's all there is. Be kind to each other and you'll make it. You know, you'll climb your mountain and you'll get to see God or, or Nirvana or the light. And you'll, you'll go into it. Just be kind well, to each other and help each other on the way up. This gentleman that just called in, I just want to thank you for your call, sir. That is exactly what yeah, George you. just said. So thanks again for your call. I'm going to put you back to listening to the, the show. And we've got another caller. But before we go to another caller, we're going to take a very short commercial break. And then we will come back. So, everybody, you're listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. Our guest tonight is George Lugo. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with cosmic fusion and quantum vortex energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With cosmic fusion, the source energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience? of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Astridian is a family of cosmetic products with 98% pure ionized minerals. We combine our science with a blend of essential oils to nourish and take care of your skin's health. How does it work? All Astridian products contain the proprietary redox technology having the capability of simulating an ionic zinc-copper superoxide dismutas effect. This free radical scavenger currently in your body has been diminished by toxins and the daily stresses of life. It is a perfectly balanced mineral complex that all $200 an hour dermatologists, their professors, and ancient history have proven. Redox technology is a process of reducing the skin's oxidation by transferring electrons from a radical state to a stress-free normal condition. Oxidative stress is a form of cellular aging, and as science has proven, a precursor to disease. The free radical theory of aging states that organisms age because cells accumulate free radical damage over time. Damaged cells are not beautiful, but healthy cells are. The Astridium family is presented in four different uses that cover unique benefits to your body. They are the Essential Anti-Aging Series, the Multivitamin Series, Sports Series, and Professional Series. Regain your youth with the power of Astridian. Visit www.astridian.com and inquire. 
Use the code SUPERNATURAL and receive a 10% discount on your first purchase. Australian, the beauty of being healthy. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my co-host, PK, and our terrific guest tonight, George Lugo, our dear, dear friend and great psychic medium. But before we go back to that, I just have to mention to everybody, this property tax book, if you don't know your rights, this is a great Christmas gift for yourself or anybody you know that owns property because this is the month when they set the taxes on your property and next month you get 30 days to fight it out if you don't agree. So get Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. It's a terrific book. It gives you a step-by-step. And believe me, you need this book. So anyways, let's go back to the world we love, which is the paranormal. And we have another caller that has a question. And this caller is from area code 646. So welcome to the show. What's your name? Thank you. How are you? My name is Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Do you have a question for George? Yes, George. Hey, how are you today? I'm very good, thank you. All right. So I just wanted to see what you see for me coming up in terms of career. Um, I'm going to actually um, start looking for a new job. Uh, And I just wanted to see what's coming up or what options do you see happening? Well, just really quick, I'm not really taking, I'm not doing readings, but I'll do you real no. quick. Oh, you I just feel, okay. no. that's okay. I, I just feel you got three shots coming up for you. Um, one of them okay. is going to be, um, uh, one of them is going to be a challenge for you, and that's the one you need to take because it's going to push okay. you. It's going to push the envelope a little bit, and there's money to okay. be made in there and some satisfaction in it too. What kind of work are you looking for, or what are you doing? Um, right now, okay, I'm doing, I have a degree, but I'm doing customer service because that was available during the time that I was needing a job, and this is the one that was helping me pay the bill, but I'm trying to build, but I'm definitely trying to get back out and get into the corporate corporate life again. Yeah, you'll do it. You'll do it. Just just see it done already, you know? Just see it done, and, and take advantage of every opportunity you get heading in that direction. Just see it clearly. Take and try to prioritize. Try to try to take things out of your life that you just don't need, that don't serve you well. Just do that, okay. and then just focus right. in on your target. Okay. Okay. So thank you. I can do that. Thank you. Thank okay. you. That was so much. I give you to take that call, George, because I know yeah, that there was a need. 
but you're not well, taking any calls tonight because yeah, we I'm not taking any calls. No, that's okay. Well, thank you, Lisa. That was very, very nice. Thank you for your call, Lisa. I appreciate it very much. And just for anybody else who's calling in, uh, George is not doing readings over the air. But we're going to tell you, if you want a reading from George, how to get a hold of him. So, George, what's the best way for people to reach you for a private reading? Well, you can go to my site, which is uh, crystalgatereadings.com or george at crystalgatereadings.com. Um, and that's pretty much it. You know, you can uh, give me a phone call, uh, 505-819-7249. And you can do that way, and I'll take your call and uh, set an appointment, and I'll give you a call, and we'll talk privately. I call it my private reserve readings, and that way it's private. It's totally reserved for mm-hmm. you, and then uh, you just set it up and, you know, I'll just give me a call. We'll find a date for you and a time for you, and we'll get busy. So, and you do a fabulous job doing that because I've called you on a few occasions, and it's yeah. wonderful to be able to get clarification. We all need clarification. Yeah, and it happens really fast for me. It, it, you know, usually it's right mm-hmm. to the point. Like Lisa, I can see that real clear with her. You know, she's she's going to be fine. She'll be fine in all this. Not to panic. That's great. <laughs> Very nice. So, um, Very nice. Yeah, I was going to say something about, um, you know, everybody has abilities. Everyone's born with a certain frequency and a certain vibration. And um, so some people are more sensitive than others. So, you know, mm-hmm. find out your sensitivity. And, and lots of times souls, they give you what you can handle. So if you're a gifted person, um, you know, don't don't freak out over it. Just kind of allow it to happen because it's as natural as breathing. And just let it come to you and just learn from it and do what you can to uh, learn more about it. And sometimes, you know, I, uh, people read lots of books on this on the subject, and you'll always find things in those books that you recognize that you've got. So, mm-hmm. you know, you might read a line and go, oh, that's me exactly, or that's me exactly, or that's not me, and that's good. Throw it out, you know. So just go with what works. And whatever you find, to validate what you seem to have, <clears throat> work it. You mm-hmm. know, work at it. Well, that's Focus, good advice. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, just work you it. Know, I, and, uh, it's, oh, by, go ahead. Also, George, in crowds and such as that, how, how are you uh, – do you put a barrier around you or shall I say a area around you so that you have the opportunity to go through a crowd of people without absorbing everything that's coming from them as you're there? Yeah. You know, that's an interesting question because I think, you know, I was a drummer by, uh, a drummer, professional drummer by trade. I traveled the world five or six times. I've uh, always been in the music business, and, and I think I did it to distract myself because it's usually pretty mm-hmm. loud. <laughs> you know, it's always music, music, right. music. And uh, right out of high school, man, I jumped right into the music scene, and I just went just around the world over and over and over, and I just loved it. And I uh, got paid for it, and I couldn't believe I was that young, getting paid all this money for working with all these celebrities and all this stuff. And it was a distraction, but it never went away. It would always let me know, mm-hmm. you know, like, like for instance, I was at an airport once, and I was waiting at the gate, and I got this foreboding feeling, don't get on this plane, don't get on mm-hmm. this plane. And uh, so I'm sitting there, and then these two stewardesses come out. They had just landed, and they're taking people off the plane and get aboard us and uh 
got off the plane, and these two stewards are saying, there's something really wrong with the plane. There's something really, really wrong with it. And uh, and I got to get back on it. And uh, they were discussing it. Then another wait, uh, stewardess came out, and they're all discussing this thing about this plane. They're super uncomfortable with it. And uh, they felt that it was broken on some level. So they're getting ready to board us, and some time had passed, and, and we hadn't boarded us yet. And then all of a sudden, boom, the flight was canceled. There was mechanical problems with the plane. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go with your gut. You know, just go with what you feel. You know, don't start yelling and screaming, this plane's going to crash. You know, but just, just, you know, get away from there or just try not to get right. on that plane if you if you feel that foreboding feeling. And a ton of things like that. You know, everybody's special in, in, in their own way, and I feel that souls keep you from getting hurt. Like if you've got some sort of soul purpose in your life and uh, you may not even recognize it, maybe it's going to come out later, and you get into situations where uh, you're the only survivor or uh, you just missed um, a bus running over you, you know, they, like, they pull you back. They do little things to kind of guide you. So just kind of remember that, you know, when, when, when you're in favor, they do protect you. And so um, mm-hmm. uh, you can be sure of that. Also, your yeah. dreams. Well, you you know a lot about this, Patricia, the the dreams. Yes. Are, you know, like you're actually more awake, I feel. You're kind of more awake when you're asleep. That's where all your truths are and everything. Um, but, yeah, you know, theory. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, in theory, yeah, in theory. Um, but uh, just, you know, when you guys feel out there in, in listening land, when you guys, you know, one thing about your uh, show, Patricia, uh, is that you got a smart audience, man. People are well-versed, well-read. You know, uh, they, that they is know the truth. I think we have <laughs> the are. smartest audience radio. They are. They always call and ask the most intelligent questions. And, in fact, our guests have said to us, why didn't you warn us that your your audience is so smart? <laughs> oh, yeah. They are. Oh, yeah. They are. They're ready yeah, and so great that questions. Allows me, yeah, that allows me to be more comfortable because I know they can figure this out, like, very easily, that they know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. I don't have to you know, dumb it down or anything. I can just tell them how right. I see it no. and how I feel it, you know? And, That's uh, right. Yeah. But there's just so now, many George, so many wonderful gifts. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I got to take you in a different thing? direction because you've had such a fabulously sure. interesting life. Now, Andre Puharich, who was a medical doctor and an absolute genius, he uh, was involved with the paranormal almost all of his life. And he used to say when he was alive, and I had the privilege of meeting him, he would always say, behind every great psychic is an extraterrestrial. And certainly you have had extraterrestrial experiences. So can you share some of that with us? Oh, man. Now I'm walking the plank here. Okay. Um, the, <laughs> we won't um, our audience uh, loves these stories, so don't worry about that. We'll hold you, but we won't okay, well, there's, not tell us well, the story. Well, well, the the main one that I that I usually talk about is um, when I was in high school. This friend of mine wanted to take me fishing, and I had never been fishing before. So we were out. I lived in the San Joaquin Valley, and there's just fields that go on like oceans. They're just forever. And then there was a clump of trees in the distance, and he said, "That's where we're going. That's where the there's a little bit of river that runs through there, and my friends are there now. So let's go. And we were going to do some night fishing." So we were getting there at sunset, and the sun was over the horizon, but the sky was still kind of lit up sort of pink and blue. And so we had stopped the car. We're facing west, and you can see the mountains, just a thin line of mountains, you know, in the distance. And uh, 
there was a bunch of eucalyptus trees, and there were some trucks parked underneath them and a few cars, and that's where the guys were. And we were sitting in the car looking west, and I saw this orange <clears throat> ball, and it was going from south to north. And I couldn't tell how far away it was. It was quite far. And it wasn't blinking. It just looked like a big orange glowing balloon just floating and going across in a straight line. And my friend said, wow, yeah, I see it. I see it. Here, let me flash at it. So he gets his car lights and he flashes them at this ball. And the ball just stopped. And then it's starting to get larger and larger and bigger. And it's getting closer and closer. And the last thing I remember is that the trees that were to my right, where the guys were, all the leaves on the tree were like shimmering orange from the reflection of this thing. And the next thing I know, we're it's close to midnight. We're in the we're up in the foothills now. We're way up in the foothills, walking single file. And uh, uh, the guy that was the lead guy, you know, we're all in a daze. And I sort of like woke up as I was walking. Like I could hear the gravel under our feet. And so we were just walking, and some guy in a pickup truck pulls up to us, and he gets out and he's got a handgun in his hand, and he goes, "Where are you guys going?" Uh, going home. Nobody said anything. Only the, the 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 guy up front did. He said, "We're going home." And he goes, "Well, where's that?" And so we told him. And uh, he said, "Well, get in, get in the back. I'll take you there." So we're all climbing into the back of this pickup, and the other guy gets in the front seat. And I think there was about seven of us, seven or eight of us. And I really didn't know these guys. I saw them at school, but I didn't really know them. And um, after that day, we never spoke to each other again. And all of them, except yeah, all of them are dead now. They've all died. And a lot of them died early. So we never got to talk about it. You know, we never got to, um, you know, it just happened. But that's what I remember. And you had missing time went, with that too, right? Didn't you have missing time with that of, as well? big chunk. Yeah, big chunk of missing time. Yes, because we got there at sunset. This is in the summertime. Got there at sunset, and it was about 1230 or so in the morning when, when this guy found us walking on the side of the road. And uh, way up in the foothills, we were a good probably 80, 90 miles away from our cars. Our cars were left Oh, my goodness. There. Yeah, they were all wow. left there. And um, I don't know why. You know, what is it with these, uh, these ETs? They can't seem to drop you off in the same place they picked you up. <laughs> I guess <laughs> They not. don't hear yeah. that. <laughs> you got to keep Nobody. moving. You won't be seen. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, that's it. <laughs> And then I went through a, a past life regression thing, which I really didn't believe. I thought it was kind of hokey until this one woman that I met, she put me through it, and I remembered what happened in that blocked-out time. And um, and I told her, you know, about this thing that I saw the inside of and what it looked like and all of that. And I remember one of the kids, one of the boys, was sitting on this, looked like a uh, like a bench kind of a thing sticking out of a wall of this, looked like a surgical suite. And uh, and he was he wasn't quite under the hypnotic trance he put you in, I guess, because everyone else was just still. They were just very still and just kind of staring. And with this one kid was wiry and he was moving around a lot and he kept moving around and moving around and like he wanted to get up and run but he couldn't get up, but he kept flailing his arms around. And a couple of these entities like walked over to him and calmed him down like real fast. He got real calm. And uh, I guess they were just examining us, you know, just going through the thing. I remember the wall having a lot of little 
little components on this one wall, and it seemed to have lights coming out of the ceiling, but you couldn't see the source of it. And they were just coming out. Anyway, but so that block of time, um, I remembered. And it seemed, it must That's have been amazing. a good five hours that we were in this in this ship, I guess, four to five hours. That's a long time. And then we ended up yeah. in the mountain. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. So, and so there's I've had at least of one of experiences. them. Pardon? Gosh. You know, and I wonder, George, if this those experiences that you had, if that's part of what allows you to contact beings from other dimensions. And we, when we do American Skull work together, which is what we've named it, based on the work of Robin Foy in the UK, who started the Skull Experiment, uh, we've been able to reach out and, and touch these other dimensions, which sometimes we have found are quite powerful. Remember that time that we got knocked out by that powerful energy, which I don't even have yeah. words to describe. Yeah, I know. That it's... was that was wild. Yeah, that yeah. was very wild. And now what we've gone on to do is, is taken upon ourselves to search for some of these people that have been identified by David Polites in his 411 series, Missing 411. And we we have located a few of them, and we're hoping that we'll be able to get more information or more actual physical proof that they're still alive. So we're going right. to keep everybody posted on that. But the photographs that you mentioned in the beginning of the show, they are extraordinary in terms of what, what you've been able to get, what I've been able to get. Yeah. Some of these things look human, and some of these things do not. So we have a mix. Would you say? Yeah. Of both kinds. Yes. Yes. And I also feel that our energy together is creating a portal. And I really feel like it's there with you, you know. And uh, and remember the noises? That I kept hearing all these noises. Oh. Or I kept hearing all these yeah. noises. And I sent you a, a recording of one of them. And, uh, yeah, it, yes. just, it was just a very unusual sound. And it just kept happening. It, and every time was. you would talk, yeah, you know, I thought it was because of the way you were talking and maybe it was the connection or internet connection or whatever. But then I ruled that out because there were times you weren't talking and it would start up again. And it just had this metallic sound to it. And, uh, uh, oh, man, it, I don't know. It's hard to describe. You have to just hear it. But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah we're, we're definitely we're gonna on get to that. something. Yes, absolutely. And uh, thank goodness for, for Jeff Floro because he now has that audio file. He's an audio expert, and he's working oh, with it to, to see what he can to, you know, just find what it's about, where is it coming from. And we've had some of those same sounds happen before when Becky Andreasen was alive, our dear friend, and we worked with her quite successfully. And some of the same sounds came through. They were very metallic, like a chirping sound. And then we heard that mm-hmm. wind sound, which is right. very interesting, very interesting. Yep. So yep. it's uh, it's. Uh, it's beyond, uh, I think, some of, some of the times I just struggle for words to describe what we're doing because it's so different. Now I just heard that chirping noise again. Did you just hear it? I heard a little something, a little little bitty. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm going to have to play it back in the tape because I just heard it. So anyways, once we get this uh, figured out with Jeff, the audio expert, then we'll post it and everybody can hear what we've been listening to. So it's a very exciting you- adventure. You know, when I got together in the beginning where we were doing this um, American Skull bit, we got that, uh, uh, what was it called, um, the uh, the captain or the, what was it called? The um, the commander. Uh, the alien. 
the commander. Man, the commander. that yeah, was so clear that that guy, you know, you yeah. called him the commander, but it, it just this alien face. I mean, it was just so balanced and right on. And then I sent you a picture several months ago, and he was in the back seat of my car. And I have oh, yes, a picture I have for that. some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there he was. He was in the back seat of my car, looking between the seats. And I said, "Oh my God, there's that thing again," you know. So <clears throat> we've seen him several times. And, yes, we have, and yeah. the commander is quite helpful. I, I remember he gave a dire warning to Helene and Becky and I uh, quite some time ago, and this is before. Helene was diagnosed with cancer and before Becky was diagnosed, and he was trying to warn them. And, of course, unfortunately, they didn't listen, but he put forth a very clear message about lifestyle choices. And it was it was clear, and it was in his own way of saying things, uh, but he was right, and fortunately, both, we lost both Helene mm-hmm. and Becky. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but, the commander is a, an amazing, amazing being. We're very lucky to have him journey with us as we go through these different dimensions. And as you said, it, it can get a little scary because people have been taken through these portals and they don't come back sometimes. So I know right. I have a little trepidation, you know, starting this up again. And we, <laughs> and you said, yeah. to me, you know, yeah, someday, I told you, you know, somebody might come, come in the room. And- <laughs> and all they're going to find are your shoes, and that's it. You'll yeah. be gone. So, <laughs> you know. But then you said that that you're, just, just, you're just too bossy. They'll never take you. So <laughs> That's right. But they'll spit you right back out. They'll just spit you right they back out. Like, Forget this, you know. Boy. So, yeah. yeah. The, um, but, yeah, you know, and I always look at this stuff in a sort of a scientific way. I always try to disprove or debunk or you know, it's a fragment of light or it's a reflection or it's this and that. I, I'm really, I'm probably the biggest skeptic, even though I do what I do. I just really question and I try to find an answer. But there's some things that are just, they just are what they are, you know. And anyone out there that has any kind of ability at all and these things begin to happen to you, like I said before, they give you what you can handle or what, you know, what you can understand. And so just take it and just, move forward with it, you know, just see if you can use it because it's to your benefit yes. and the people around you is to their benefit that you know these things and have that ability. Absolutely. So, and I think this, yeah. this work that you that you do, George, especially with your one-on-ones with people and helping them find closure as you did with this soldier who found forgiveness with the girl that he uh, he murdered in, the, in an act of war. I mean, all of this is so healing for people. Now, let's go on to another story. that You did share this with us last time, and it totally blew our minds. This is a story about Jim Morrison. Can you share that again? That's a great oh, story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was living in Pensacola, and um, I get this phone call from this family that wants me to come and do a reading. And they couldn't find me because they don't advertise or anything. So they, they finally found me, and I went. And I was um, uh, a basement with two levels above, a Victorian house built in the early uh, early 1900s. Um, and so I went there, and I'm doing my typical thing. You know, I meet this guy, and, and uh, he just says, okay, go ahead, just do what you need to do. And so I'm walking around this house, and I'm picking up all these different souls. And 
And he kept asking me from the beginning, uh, do you get Jim? And I'm going, no, 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 no Jim. So we keep walking. I get his ex or his wife that passed in the house. I saw her through the crack of a door in a hospital bed. She died in that bedroom next to his bed. So they were together the whole time. And all these different things. And there was a big pile of boxes in the corner covered by sheets. And I said, I'm seeing a chair behind these sheets and all these boxes. And uh, there's an old man sitting there, and he's real skinny. And uh, he's um, going like something like Josephus or something, some kind of a weird name like that. And he says, oh, that's my grandfather. And, and so he, we moved the sheets and we moved the boxes, and there's this really old chair there. It's 119 years old at the time, about. And he goes, yeah, you know, this chair has a lot of significance in my family. And I said, okay. So we walked away. So he, then he asked me again, he goes, are you getting gym? Did you get a gym at all? I said, no, no gym. And so we went through the whole evening like this. And this, I was there for about two hours. And um, I said, okay, I think I'm done. And he goes, well, one more time, are you getting gym? Is there a gym, gym there? And I said, no, I'm sorry. I'm just not getting a gym. And he goes, wow, man, that's great. We were just testing you. I go, what do you mean? And he goes, well, we're the Morrison family. We're looking for Jim Morrison, but he's alive. He's not dead. He lives in Bend, Oregon. I'm going, what? <laughs> oh, my and, God. Uh, yeah. And um, they said, you can talk to him if you want. And I said, well, that'd be kind of nice. He said, well, but then again, the phone is tapped, and you know, we don't, you know, we think it's the FBI, and I don't know if you want to get involved with all that. And I said, oh, no, not really. I have no nothing to hide, but I just don't want to take another trip down some goofy road. So, um, um, but that's yeah, that was his family, and he was conceived in the basement of that house, and uh, they gave me they gave me pictures of him when he was just a little boy, like this, you know, living there at that house, and uh, so they gave me a package of all these family pictures. Um, but uh, the chair, he gave me the chair that I saw his grandfather sitting in. And he says, yeah, you know, in my family, there's a lot of writers and poets and all that. And Jim wrote uh, Break On Through in that chair. Or his grandfather wrote it, and Jim kind of took it. And the word and, and the <laughs> band's name, the, the Doors, that was yeah. conceived by his grandfather also, meant Doors of Perception. But in the movie, if you see the movie, they, they say that, you know, it's something that he came up with college and what he was going through and blah, blah, blah. But actually, his grandfather wrote that. So um, in, in mm-hmm. the, uh, it, the chair was a Morris chair. It had wide, flat armrests. And it's the kind of chair that you, gotta, you have to get up to adjust it, but you can lean the thing back, the, the, the back part. You can lean it way back by a rod that goes across the back. And then the front, right, yes. you reach down below your between your legs and you pull out this drawer, and that's where your feet go on. So it's a very early, early, early lazy boy chair, basically. Um, so um, yeah. um, there was a, a groove dug into the wood on one of the armrests, and I said, "What you know? What is this?" Because all Jimmy used to stick his finger in that thing and just keep you know nervously just kind of drilling it with his finger, and. Uh, so anyway, so that's um, that's the story of the chair. So so he gave me the chair as a tip. I said, well, don't you want this chair in your family? I mean, you've had it for 119 years. He goes, no, no, it belongs to you now. So I wow. took it home, and I had it sitting in my living room. And I swear, every like every woman that came over gravitated towards that chair. And that chair was sitting <laughs> across the room in a um, you know kind of in a nowhere place, just kind of sitting there. 
And women would just walk into that chair, and they'd walk around this chair, and they'd go, hey, do you mind if I sit in this chair? I said, no, sure, go ahead. So they'd sit in the chair, and they'd go, God, what is it about this chair? I love this chair. I said, that belonged to Jim Morrison. And, and I said, now, keep your clothes on now. Keep your clothes on. So, uh, I mean, they they just loved it. But Jim's energy was in that chair. And um, and every woman that saw that chair walked over to it and would touch it Incredible. and just go, wow, how old is this? Yeah. So, you know, anyway, Jim left, you know, he faked his death in Paris or in, or in yeah, in Paris went down to South America for a while and then eventually worked his way up to Bend, Oregon. And he lives um, on a horse ranch. And he's like, I think he just celebrated his 75th birthday, I think. Something like that. And um, Incredible, George. Oh, yeah. my God. Who would so, have thought? Well, but, um, there was a lot of controversy about his death. But here you are to right. tell us he's definitely not on the other side. He's here. No, he's, so he's that's still here. Remarkable. Yeah. Oh my. Goodness. Yeah, he just had to, you know, he had to um, hide out from all the legal problems he had. You know, you know, alimony. What do you call it? Um, kids all over the place. All that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the good rock and roll stuff. You know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. And uh, yeah, he just uh, had to get away from all of that. And he was basically, you know, a poet. Although a lot of people didn't get his work, but he was basically a poet. And I tell you this: they're more famous now than they ever have been when he was alive. I mean, I saw them in Los Angeles, you know, and it was just a minimum people in the audience. It wasn't like how they showed it in the movie, you know. So it's interesting how people become legends and they just get bigger and bigger in time, you know. So uh, he's one of them. Yeah, it's amazing. But I have his chair. In fact, that chair became so dang popular, I had to take it out of my house. So I put it in storage (laughs) because, uh, you know, I was afraid somebody, you know, wanting to take it or sit in it and break it or whatever, but this... You know, it's just a very old chair. So solid. Uh, hilarious. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so interesting, you know, how that energy of him was so powerful and in the chair that all these ladies picked up on it. Incredible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. It was just embedded <laughs> in, the, in the wood, <laughs> you know. Jeez. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things like that. The day you came here, George, what you, you went down to Florida and you came here one day and uh, you came up to the front door and I opened the door and you said, how did you change clothes so fast? And oh, I said, yeah. And he said, no. I said, no, I didn't change clothes. He said, well, you were just outside of the house and you had this real strange green thing on with pleats at the bottom. That was my mother's favorite dress and she'd been gone about eight years. Her ashes wow. were spread in the backyard and George sees her. <laughs> and when he came to the door, he couldn't figure out how he did this changeover. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was to meet with you at your office, so I pulled up in the front, mm-hmm. and you had like a horseshoe type of uh, driveway, and right. um, I saw you walking out in this green pantsuit or something uh, to get the garbage can from the road, and I thought, oh, gosh, she doesn't want me to see her pu- pulling the garbage can across the – so I'm looking down at my paperwork, and yeah. uh, and then, then when I glanced up again, you, it was a different person. She had short, short hair <laughs> and uh, these really fancy pajamas on. And uh, just went around behind the house. And so I got out of the car and I walked up to the door and you opened the door and I just asked you, you know, how'd you do that so fast? You know, it was, but I saw your mother, you know, you know yeah. for a minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so, and then I did a, you know, that's what I liked about you. That's why I went to you is because when you take someone on for your psychic fair, 
you know, you're not looking for wannabes and kind of have it sort of. You want people that know their stuff, you know. And so after I read for you, you said, now, where in the hell have you been? You know, and I just, <laughs> I just you know, and I said, well, I've just been here. I just don't advertise. I don't, you know, just word of mouth, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah. How many so, years ago that was? My goodness. Oh, man. Crazy. I don't know. Quite a few years ago now. You know, time That's has really sure. flown. Lots of changes. Over 20 years. And we're yeah, still it's been talking over 20 to each years. other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh? That's fabulous. I like that idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, um, yeah, we're still friends after all this time. So, you know, That's the right. tough hang in there, man, you know? And well, I, I know. That, um, yeah, when go ahead. are you going to start your, your book? Yeah. Man, I want to see that you're going to start yeah. doing it. I got about it's halfway time. through it, and, and the, the oh, lightning yeah. took it out, destroyed it, and then so... Um, I've been asked a few times to have my, you know, somebody's offered to write my book. If you, well, you have, Miss uh, uh, Bader. So you got offered to write it for me, yeah, and then I've got a few other people that live here. Me. You didn't do it. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just a <laughs> bunch of stories, you know, about all these well, different events the that, that have happened but in my life. Is, but you have so much to, to so share unique. with people. Yeah. Yes. And you're very good at description, and I know everybody would love to read your book. So we want to encourage you to to get that going. Well, thank you. People would love to hear, you know, to read story after story from you. You have the best stories in the world, the most inspiring experiences to share with people, and I know they would all love it. So PK and I are going to keep lighting a fire under you to see if you can get to the point of wanting to do it again. But I got a, yeah. I got oh, a question for you, the audience, sure. and here's the and they want to know, does your gift run in your family? So they wanted to know, does yes. this come from your grandparents? Do you have any siblings who have this gift also? Yes. Um, it, it's on my father's side. And um, two of his sisters had it. But, see, but I didn't meet them until I was 18. And I was sort of lost up until that time because I, no, I had no vocabulary for what was happening to me. And when I was young, mm-hmm. man, it was just, ooh, it was crazy. Um, so when I, ate, when I turned 18, I got to meet one of the aunts. And uh, she told me, when she met me, she recognized it. And she just says, oh, you're the third one. Because uh, it was her, her daughter, and me. And it's interesting. My cousin lived in New Jersey. My aunt lived in Puerto Rico. And I lived in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. she kept seeing this triangle. And the tips were glowing. And she just says, you know, I've seen this for a very long time, and I keep getting this image. Now I know what it means, and now you're here, and now I know who you are. And so um, she um, helped me out a lot with this. It kind of gave me a vocabulary for it. Mm-hmm. And, but she was a trans medium. She would leave her body. And um, oh, for some wow. reason, there aren't, there aren't very many anymore for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But, um, but she would leave her body. And I asked her, where did you go? And she said that she would sit under, she'd find herself sitting under a big, beautiful tree with a huge canopy. And uh, she'd sit there, and there would be these other souls that were kind of standing on the perimeter of the tree, kind of like guarding her while she was in her trance. And when I first met her, she did this with me. And my other aunt was sitting next to her. And my the the aunt that's the medium uh, doesn't speak English. She's Italian, so she speaks Italian. And so 
the interesting the interesting thing about that is that we were sitting out in this garden patio thing, and uh, I was feeling really giddy, like really happy, like I want to just break out laughing. I couldn't understand why exactly, but I was happy. And uh, my aunt was rubbing her forehead, and I'm thinking, George, shut up! You're talking too much. You're giving her a headache, you know. And so the <laughs> other aunt, the other aunt said, um, she made the motion like, "Be quiet, be quiet." You know, she's doing this thing. And then all of a sudden, my aunt, who's the medium, just sits straight up with her hands on the on the arms of the chair, and she says, "He says, uh, good evening, Master Lugo. Um, um, I am Captain So and So from the something something ship in Boston, and I'm come here to." Uh, translate and she had the most perfect bostonian accent and um huh. and uh you know per- perfect english i mean no accent of italian or anything it was just total american you know english you know up there and uh and so he's sitting there or she's sitting there but he's in her and he he looks to his right and kind of looks down a little bit and he says you've got about a hundred souls here that want to talk to you so i'm going to start now because i don't have much time and I said, okay, you know, I'm just sitting there. And so my grandmother that passed was the first in line. And then after that, all these uncles and people that related to me or people that I knew in time were also there. And so meanwhile, I'm looking at my aunt, and she's, like, sweating profusely, man, just water dripping off her face. And, and uh, my other aunt, is, kept, kept, she kept looking at her watch, like, oh, my God, you know, she's got to come back. She's got to come back because... She normally will go under for maybe ten minutes, and that'll be it. And then, but this now fifty-five minutes have passed, and so it's like dangerously long for her. And uh, never had it that long before. So the man he finally says, "I have to go now," and he waved his hand in front of himself, and he says, "God bless America," and gone. And that was it. And then, um, and, and so my aunt stood up. And like she, she was so tired. Like she didn't even know I was there. She didn't. She, she didn't even acknowledge me. You know, like she just needed to go to bed. And my other aunt was helping. Her sister was helping her out of the room. And I just sat there and I just marveled at this. And I just thought, Wow, that's how it's done. That's real. Yeah. That is the real deal. You know. And uh, yeah, it was um, absolutely amazing to me to be able to be part of what? that. Um, yeah, what a great experience. And to have this in your family, that's a real gift. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, it's raining again over here. Jeez. It's Uh-oh. always raining. Not here. <laughs> yeah. We don't yeah. get rain. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. Send it over to PK. My, yeah, I remember my shoes melting to the sidewalk there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> little birds bursting into flames as they're flying by, and yeah, it's hot. <laughs> right. But Tucson's wonderful. Great place. Great place. Yeah, it's a wonderful, beautiful yes, place. You know. Well, George, tell just, everybody uh, how to get a hold of you again, because we're oh, coming yeah. to the oh, end okay. of our time together, unfortunately. But oh, okay. do tell yeah. people again how to reach you on the internet, your phone number. I know people are texting me; they want you to repeat that again, please. Okay. Um, you can go to George Lugo, G-E-O-R-G-E-L-U-G-O dot com. That's one way. Or go to CrystalGateReadings dot com. That's another way. Or go to George at CrystalGateReadings dot com. And my phone number is 505-819-7249. And those are the ways to get a hold of me. 
Yes, so you can schedule your own private reading with George. I will warn you, he is very booked. But uh, just give yeah, him a I call. Am. Yeah, I know I you are. Very good. <laughs> Set it up. Yeah, I know. You know, it's like Christmas is almost here, and I, it's just like it seemed like it was so mm-hmm. far away, and now it's like we're on top of it, and I, I just I just haven't had the time to do anything. So I yeah. know. You're in great demand. You mean I'm not going to get my present this year? <laughs> oh, What's no. that? I'm not going to get my present this year. <laughs> You're that oh, busy. Oh, uh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'll have to see. I have to make a deal with Santa somehow. So maybe I'll maybe I'll have the uh, some I don't know ghosts show up and give you something really cool, scare you half to death. So there you um, go. Yeah. Santa oh, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's something else that we didn't talk about. But yeah, there's also that whole aspect of of uh, we're going to have things to showing up. Definitely yeah. have to do this again. Yeah, we're going to we'll have to have you back, George. Yeah, and we'll we'll, we'll keep everybody you. posted on American School and all of our experiments that we're doing. Yes, uh, we're yes. happy to share that with everybody. And again, uh, thank you, George, for joining us tonight. This has been just oh. a wonderful evening with you, as always. It's so great to have you with us. Thank you. Well, thank you so very, very much, both of you. You guys are so beautiful. I just love you both. So thank you. Oh, love love to you. We love you too, honey. Okay. Yeah, take now next. Next week, everybody, we are going to be taking a bit of a break. So we're going to join you after the first of the year with a brand new show, as always. And we want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas, very happy and safe holidays, and all many blessings for the new year. So until the first of the year again, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Super.